Good morning, and welcome to According to the Scriptures. My name is Kyle Webb, and I serve as the minister for the Mars Hill Church of Christ that meets in Christiana, Tennessee. I'm happy that you have joined our program for today. Today we continue our study of underdogs of the Bible, and today we're going to be talking uh, about Ruth. Uh, before we get into that, I'll, I'll uh, just give you a rundown of, of the, the ways that you can listen uh, in case you, you miss a program or, or maybe you catch it a different way. Uh, but all of our programs are stored on our website. You can go to www.marshillcoc.org. And we have, uh, of course, all the information for the congregation is there. Uh, you can look at the history of the congregation. All that's on there as well. Um, we have all of our lessons, and you can um, easily find. A, I've placed the quick links on our website, so all you got to do is scroll down to the bottom, and you have everything for the past week. And so you can catch up on uh, last week's according to the scriptures up until uh, tomorrow, Lord willing, and I'll I'll uh, hopefully have the new one up by then. Um, but you can also look at our sermons. Uh, our bulletin is there. Um, but all, all the, the things that you would need to know about our congregation, you can do through our website. Um, you can also contact us on the bottom of the page. There is a link to send us a message. And so you click that link and you can send us a message that way. It comes to email. Um, and if you want to email me directly, you can do so at bkweb, bkwebb519 at gmail.com. And if you do that during the live program, uh, I should be able to see a notification for that and, and any thoughts that you might have to add to the lesson. Um, I would certainly appreciate any kind of feedback, any kind of questions that you have. Uh, please feel free to contact us. And we would be glad to hear from you. Again, the website, www.marshillcoc.org. Before we get into our lesson today on Loyal Ruth, as I have titled it, uh, let's bow as we usually do in a word of prayer. Our holy and righteous Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the many blessings that you've given to us, and we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity that we have been given to be able to study together, and uh, we thank you for the, the means by which to do so, by internet and radio, and, and we are, are certainly thankful for TGRN. We thank you for the good work that the Mount Vernon Congregation is doing. And we pray, Father, that you would be with them and, and bless them in their efforts and, and all those congregations that are, are associated with this. We pray that you would continue to uh, bless our listeners. We pray that you would bless their lives and, and help us to have a good understanding of your word. Help us to go forward walking with you always. And we are thankful for your son, for the sacrifice that he was willing to give for us. We thank you for the forgiveness of sins. We pray that you would continue to be with us, bless us always, uh, keep us always in your care, especially throughout this day uh, and in the coming days and weeks. There's so much uncertainty about what is to come for us, 
as a, a nation of people, as Christians. There's so much that we're facing right now. And we pray, Father, that you would, would bear us through our trials, help us to overcome the temptations that we face, and remain faithful to you always. Again, we thank you for Jesus. Through him we pray. Amen. I don't have to do much by way of introducing this lesson because this is a new lesson. Uh, I've really tried over the last few weeks to uh, at least keep uh, whatever we're talking about to, to a couple of weeks so that we, we don't get bogged down and we don't forget about all the things that, that we are discussing. Uh, it does kind of keep us from going in depth, uh, but hopefully we can, can come to uh, a good understanding of the, the lesson that is before us and what we can learn from it more so than anything else. This is lesson number five uh, in our series, Underdogs of the Bible, um, just taking into account the subject matter. Uh, last week, we talked about Esther. Uh, for the last couple of weeks, we have discussed Esther, how she became queen, and how she did much good for her people in the time that she was given. And today we're going to turn our attention to another great woman of the Bible, one that we do not discuss very often, maybe because the, the book that is devoted to her life is very short. It's only four chapters long, and there is uh, scarce mention of her throughout the scriptures. But we do have so many, uh, many great lessons that we can learn one main lesson that we'll learn today, hopefully, is loyalty. We see that Ruth was very loyal in many aspects of her life, and so we want to recognize her loyalty and recognize how it applies to us. We are going to be using primarily the book of Ruth. If you would like to turn there and follow along with us, I'll be reading from the New King James Version. But we're going to begin in Ruth chapter 1 and verse 1, and we're going to begin by looking at her background. I think for us to look at her as an underdog, we have to understand how that is. Uh, we're not looking at her as, as a, a negative person by any means in Scripture. Uh, again, there are many great things that we can learn from Ruth. But, but the whole thing with underdogs of the Bible is to recognize heroes. Heroes that, that probably wouldn't have been heroes in any other story. But in the story that God has written, these are heroes of the Bible. Little known heroes sometimes because, again, we just don't have much record of them. But heroes nonetheless. And Ruth is a hero. So we need to ask the question, what makes Ruth a hero of the Bible? And so we turn our attention to the first five verses of Ruth chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. And a certain man a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to dwell in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech. The name of his wife was Naomi. 
and the names of his two sons were Malon and Chilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to the country of Moab and remained there. Then Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left and her two sons. Now they took wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years. Then Malon and Chilion also died, so the woman survived her two sons and her husband. And we recognize just from these few verses that Malon and Chilion also taking wives, as they died, they left behind widows. They did not marry from their own people, but from a, a people that was, was foreign in some ways to the Jews. These were not Jewish people. These were not of Bethlehem, Judah. These were of the land of Moab and of the people, the Moabites. And so Ruth and Orpah are both Moabite women who married into this family. And so as we see the three that are left, the woman Naomi, and her two daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth. Uh, we, we recognize, again, the background of Ruth, that she is not a Jew. And that's important for us to recognize because she was not of God's people, per se. So as we look at that background, we also recognize toward the end of the book of Ruth, that she leaves behind a, a certain legacy in her life. And I, I go there now for um, just for us to have a good idea uh, of who Ruth was uh, in her lifetime and what she did in her lifetime and what she leaves behind in leaving this life that we know. In Ruth chapter 4, beginning with verse 18, we read the last few verses of the book of Ruth. Now this is the genealogy of Perez. Perez begot Hezron. Hezron begot Ram. And Ram begot Amenadab. Amenadab begot Nashon. And Nashon begot Salmon. Salmon begot Boaz. And Boaz begot Obed. Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David. Now, many of those names you probably are not familiar with, and I wouldn't expect you to be familiar with them. Uh, only with the, the last few. We know from the story of Ruth, Boaz, her husband, and her son, Obed. And, and you probably recognize the, the latter names here, Jesse. Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David. If you don't, don't know who Jesse is, you probably do by his association with David. He was his father. Now, I want you to remember this genealogy. I, I want you to remember some of these names, the ones that, that I mentioned in the latter portion 
that we are somewhat familiar with because they play a very important role later on as we come to the New Testament and as we look for a moment at Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1 and beginning with verse 1, we read this. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac begot Jacob. And Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. Judah begot Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez begot Hezron. And Hezron begot Ram. Ram begot Amenadab. Aminadab begot Nashan, and Nashan begot Salmon. These are the the same names that are mentioned in Ruth chapter 4. Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab. Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David the king. David the king begot Solomon by her who had been the wife of Uriah. And the genealogy continues, but we remember where it began, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. This is the genealogy of Jesus. And you have this this portion of verses that comes directly from Ruth chapter four within the genealogy of Jesus. What I want you to recognize is that it is through the lineage of David who who came through Ruth and her descendants that the Christ child was born, born, that he was brought into the world. Ruth is connected to Jesus by blood, by part of this genealogy. Ruth here is mentioned in Jesus' genealogy. Genealogies were very important to the Jewish people, maybe not so much to us today, although some people uh, take great pride and take great effort in compiling their genealogies. It was very important to the Jews to recognize bloodline. And as we recognize bloodline, we recognize Ruth, as a part of the bloodline of Jesus in his earthly life. Remember how we began this lesson. Remember Ruth's background, that she is not a Jew. Though she married one, she herself was not a Jew. She was not one of God's people. Now, If I'm thinking, if I am placing myself in God's position for a moment, wouldn't you think that God would have prepared a pure bloodline for his son? A a pure bloodline in which his son would come into the world. I'm thinking maybe of the Levites. Wouldn't you, you think that Jesus would have come maybe from the priestly tribe of Levi, considering that later on as we get into the book of Hebrews that we recognize Jesus as 
high priest, wouldn't it make perfect sense for Jesus to have come from the Levites and maybe a pure line of Levites, but from the tribe of Judah? And just go back and recognize some of these names once again. Recognize how Perez was born into the world. Judah is his father. Tamar is his mother. If you'll remember the story of Judah and Tamar, we see that Tamar had been married to uh, the sons of Judah who, who had passed away and yet Judah did not give her to uh, the next in line, as he, he probably should have. And, and so what does Tamar do? She goes into prostitution, and she, she deceives Judah, who has a, a relationship with her, and these twins, Perez and Zira, are born out of that relationship. They are, are born in, in prostitution, if you will. And yet, that is the line that Jesus came through, through the tribe of Judah. Well, we also recognize the name Rahab or Rahab, uh, however you might pronounce it. Uh, Rahab of Jericho, you'll remember her with the spies. Rahab was not a perfect person by any means, and and she did lie, and God still worked that for his good, but we see that, that Rahab, what is she referred to as a harlot? I believe it's three times throughout scripture that she is referred to as Rahab the harlot. Prostitution, once again, and yet Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. Uh, it's interesting also that these women are mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus. Th these are important names because women aren't necessarily, not to any, um, any negative degree, but th they're not often mentioned in genealogies. Usually it's father begot so-and-so and so forth. But these women are mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus. And why, you might ask. Well, I don't know that I could necessarily answer that for you. But I do know that these names are important. They are important uh, to the genealogy of Jesus. It is important that we recognize them as a part of that. And it is through that line, that bloodline, that Jesus is born into the world. And our last few minutes here, I want us to focus on the life and maybe the lesson. Hopefully I have time for, for all of this. Uh, just looking at the life of Ruth and how this applies to us and what we can learn from her. Let, let's begin by picking up with verse 6 of Ruth chapter 1 where we read of Naomi's return to her people. Ruth chapters 1 and verse 6. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law, that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. 
Therefore she went out from the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. And Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to your mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant you, or grant that you may find rest, each in the house of her husband. So the the reason they left the land of Bethlehem, Judah, was because of a famine. Well, she'd heard that God had visited his people, that he had provided food for them. And so she tells her daughters-in-law, you stay in the land of your people. You marry and and you have a good life here. And I wish you the greatest blessings. And it says that at the latter part of verse nine, so she kissed them and they left up their voice, lifted up their voices and wept. They cared a great deal for Naomi. And they said to her in verse 10, surely we will return with you to your people. Uh, A very generous gesture on their part, Uh, a a gesture that that meant something to Naomi. It meant a great deal to her, and yet she wanted them to remain in the land of their people. And so in verse 11, Naomi said, turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband tonight and should also bear sons, would you wait for them till they were grown? Would you restrain yourselves from having husbands? No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. And they lifted up their voices and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. And she said, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, in words that are, are very familiar to us, you may have heard them in a wedding ceremony. You may have heard them uh, used in sermons before. You may remember them. Ruth's words beginning with verse 16, entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God, where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. When she saw that she was determined to go with her, she, Naomi, stopped speaking to her. Now the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem. And you continue reading and we see what happens a little after that. Pick up with verse 22. Naomi returned and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law with her, who returned from the country of Moab, they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of barley harvest. So they returned to the land. They, they returned at the beginning of the harvest. 
And that's going to to be key to the the rest of the book, really, because that's where Ruth meets Boaz as we get into to chapter two. But I do want you to recognize the loyalty of Ruth to Naomi. In chapter two, beginning with verse four, we read this. Now, behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, the Lord be with you. And they answered him, the Lord bless you. Remember, they came at harvest. And so Ruth goes out to glean in the fields. And so this is is Boaz greeting the reapers. The Lord be with you. And they answered him, the Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his servant, who was in charge of the reapers, whose young woman is this? There's a a place in the law where, uh, I believe it's in the book of Leviticus, where it talks about how they are to leave a a portion of their field for those who are foreign, uh, for instance, to come, those who who are poor and in need to come and to glean from that. And and so here, here Ruth comes. The servant who was in charge of the reapers answered and said, It is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. And she said, Please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and has continued from morning until now, though she rested a little in the house. Then Boaz said to Ruth, You will listen, my daughter, will you not? Do not go to glean in another field, nor go from here, but stay close by my young women. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap, and go after them. Have I not commanded the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels, and drink from what the young men have drawn. So she fell on her face, bowed down to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? And Boaz answered and said to her, It has been fully reported to me all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband and how you have left your father and your mother and the land of your birth and have come to, to a people whom you did not know before. The Lord repay your work and a full reward be given you by the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. And then she said, Let me find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and have spoken kindly to your maidservant, though I am not like one of your maidservants. If I had a few more minutes... Uh, we could, could really delve into um, a good conclusion here. But I want you to recognize her loyalty. Uh, recognize her loyalty to Ruth or to Naomi, Ruth's loyalty to Naomi. And I also want you to recognize her loyalty to Boaz, who would become her husband. And later on, she is redeemed by him as according to Jewish custom and the law of God. And I also want you to notice her loyalty to God. In Ruth chapter 1, beginning with verse 16, remember those words from verses 16 and 17. Your people shall be my people, and your God my God. 
And let's just go ahead and try to finish this up here. Notice the loyalty that Ruth had. Naomi, Boaz, and her loyalty to God. This is the same loyalty that we are to share. Remember the greatest commands as Jesus gives them in Matthew 22, beginning with verse 37. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. The lesson that we learn from Ruth, first of all, we learn of her loyalty to others and how that applies to us. We are to be loyal to those around us, loyal in love and loyal in service in any way that we can be. And loyalty to God. We're to love him above all, and we are to remain loyal to him always. Hopefully, you're able to hear all of this. And if not, I'll I'll go back and, and add this to the, the lesson for next week. But I thank you for being with me today. And I hope that this has been a helpful lesson to you. I hope that we have learned loyalty in the best way that we can. I look forward to being with you next Tuesday at 11 a.m., Lord willing. And until we meet again, may God bless you. Jesus!